Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Fifth Column Network. This is our Sunday edition, our news magazine program that looks at everything that has happened on social media, the internet, and the world around us so we can break it down and dissect it into mm -hmm. a conversation. Yes. Um, that we like to have here on the Fifth Column Network. I am the Revolution. With me is Miss Trezenay. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find us on all things social media. I think you are on social media just as at yes, Trezenay. And I am at the Revolution. Um, J. Cole is in the house as well. He'll be joining us later on uh, a couple different topics. So uh, today's topics, uh, Bill Cosby. Yes, Bill Cosby. Uh, is one of our opening topics. Mm -hmm. uh, then after that, we're going to talk. Talk about the White House Correspondents' Dinner and Michelle Wolf's uh, <laughs> roast Yes. <laughs> at that dinner. Yes. Uh, then Russell Westbrook, mm -hmm. for anybody sports fans out there, especially with the NBA, mm -hmm. he had an altercation with a fan leaving... Uh, the court uh -huh. going through the tunnel and a fan was belligerent. Oh no. And he reacted okay. Okay. very blackmailish. Okay. And so All right. we will talk about that as well. Okay. And then finally, okay. uh, we're gonna wrap it up with some Infinity War conversation. Yes. From a journalistic standpoint standpoint where the New Yorker wrote an article, wrote a movie review. Okay. A legit, and a legit movie review. A legit movie review okay. and fans took exception to okay. the review and we just wanted to talk about where does the line from an actual review mm -hmm. real versus critique, a first. real critique okay. versus personal fandom mm -hmm. and opinion creates bias okay so we're gonna deal with that so let's open up uh the conversation <laughs> on this sunday let's get right into it right. we're gonna talk about um man america's dad Especially yeah. Black America's dad, yeah. uh, Dr. William H. Cosby. Is it senior? What, what was it at the end I, of I it? I don't think he's, I don't know. That's just throwing all his honorary degrees they didn't snatch back. <laughs> they did. So he was found guilty on three counts yes. of aggravated sexual assault. Yes. Faces 10 years yes. per count in prison. Yes. So his sentencing is coming up soon, so we will soon see what he gets. He's currently on house arrest. Yeah. He's an 80-plus-year-old man who's yeah. half-blind with yeah. an ankle bracelet on in his home. He's only allowed to leave the house to go talk to his lawyers or mm -hmm. go to the doctor. Uh, that's where he is. Um, it was a unanimous verdict for him to be found guilty. There was only two black people on that jury. Um, it was mostly male jury. Um, but it where, where did it take place? Pennsylvania. Okay, so his, he's from... Philly, right? I think he's from Philly. He's from Philly, mm -hmm. right? Don't quote me on that. From so, Meek Mill gets out, Bill goes in. Yeah, High Court let says, "Hey, Meek, we'll let you out on bail, brother." Yeah. We let Meek out, but only to get Bill. Bill is in. I don't think that's a fair trade. Bill's in. You don't, no, I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't like that trade at you all. You don't like the exchange rate? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> that's. I don't think that's a fair exchange rate. No. Okay. So, what's your thoughts about the bill conversation? Because I, ha I obviously have my thoughts. Um, so, I think my initial thoughts are, you know, this this trial is going to go to, is definitely going to be appealed. I do think that the judge probably went too far in this case. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, there's been about 60 accusers and is 60 accusers against Bill. Yeah. And this trial was different than the first one. Um, the biggest difference being that the judge allowed five women to come in to testify that he did this to him too. And so there's an evidence rule we have where uh, you know you can show prior bad acts. 
but yeah. it can't be prejudicial to the jury. And so I think that allowing five other women, other than Andrea, to come in and say he did this to me too when he wasn't mm -hmm. on trial for being a serial mm -hmm. rapist. You said Andrea. I oh yeah, Andrea. Yeah. She looks like Sigourney Weaver's stunt double from Alien. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it like this. She looks that like so <laughs> she looks like Sigourney's stunt double, like, get off her, you bitch! <laughs> That's perm. That processes. Listen, man. Haircut and angles matter. <laughs> Hashtag. She's a handsome woman. Very, very handsome. Uh, someone who. Features. I love. Very distinguished. Very swarthy. She is a swar. Very handsome young lady. From someone who also has a long face. Hair haircuts matter. Hairstyles matter. That is bad. That is. It's worse than Marsha Clark. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's bad. <sighs> Hairstylists matter. Okay. Um, but yeah, so um, my thoughts are definitely on appeal. I hope the judge goes, yeah, this went too far. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, his conviction is overturned or something or, or whatever, because mm -hmm. I do think that 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 it went too far. Um, I, oh, another big thing that happened in this case was they were allowed to use the civil settlement that he had with Andrea in 2005, where he paid this woman $3 million. So we're back. In settlement. So how do we get back here? We get back because they needed something to get him for the other stuff that he had done to other women. And she just happened to fall within the uh, statute of limitations. Like, so close. She was the only one left. And so I feel like... The lawyers and, and people who tried to get him were like, come on, they were encouraging her. They were, I don't want to say coercing, but definitely a lot of pressure. You have to do this for all the other women. You have to do this for them. These women aren't able to get him criminally. They haven't been able to get money from him. You are the only one left who can help these other women get justice. Because for those who don't know, the incident occurred in mid-January 2004. Pennsylvania statute of limitations for sexual assault is 12 years. So they had to file it by mid-January of 2016 to press charges against him. They filed December 30th, 2015. Like they had two weeks left before that statute ran out. So 12 years uh, minus 2014, 2012. 2004. Four, 2004 is what year? So 2016 was their deadline. Yeah, but so the last person that was assaulted by him was 12 years basically yeah so okay. right so but here's the thing he had that civil trial uh -huh. that established the facts for uh -huh. you did this to her within the statute of limitations so uh -huh. they used that in this trial they didn't use it in the first one uh -huh. and they used all that testimony he gave and that tipped over and that's that's what made this trial it, it is what it is but my thoughts about it are is that I feel that the judge did go too far to allow this evidence in I don't think he would have been convicted uh, without it um, and I think it would have been just as it was before the hung jury, um, plus or minus the Me Too movement. So I, I oh wait 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 the Me Too movement yeah when did that start? Uh, so that happened right after Harvey Weinstein. Who? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Who? That was late 2017. Okay, ma'am. So what you're telling me is you sip you sip your tea. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna sip this here yeah, shark Let you, me because you know that that definitely was a question we had pre-production. Okay, so let yeah. me get this straight. So Bill Cosby have has a history of alleged sexual assault. Mm -hmm. 
Let me talk about that before I move on yeah, to Harvey Weinstein. Um, women out there, if you feel as though I am crossing the line and you think that I'm practicing some type of male, what's the term? Uh, male privilege, male privilege, uh, patriarchal, patriarchal, something. right. I, I totally understand. At me all day long, educate me. You know, that's not where I'm coming from. Here's where I am coming from. I looked at a majority of the accusers that I could find, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm not gonna have it all on paper, right? Because we don't have pictures for all of them. For all but, of them, right. so I looked at the majority of uh-huh. them. There were about three to four waitresses, mm-hmm. right? Or there was two definite waitresses. There was a woman that worked at a donut shop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then there were at, there were definitely two flight attendants. Okay, two to three flight attendants. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two women. One woman was a manager of a comedy club. Okay, and there was another woman who. Was a fundraiser for Bill. Okay. She was a basketball coach at Temple. Right. 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 And so everyone else. Mm-hmm. That that's about how many women? Let's just say that's the, the ones you just counted. I just counted. Probably ten to fifteen. That's about mm, ten. To, maybe twenty. Out of it's not twenty. Okay. Ten to fifteen. Okay. Out of sixty. Out of sixty. So we're talking about 45? Yeah. 45? Approximately 45 remaining. Remaining women were all aspiring Mm -hmm. models, actresses, singers, or in the industry. So, entertainment industry. In the entertainment, 45 women. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I said, um, the two women at Fundraiser and the woman that was the manager of the comedy club, Mm -hmm. you go, okay. Bill took advantage of those women, right? He's mm-hmm. in their space, they're, they're sharing the same space, and he's pushing up and he's taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, they're in the same space, and I wonder, you right. know. Taking how, advantage of the proximity, the proximity of which you are with them and with, building a relationship right. and working with them, yeah. These 45 women, the other 45 women is mm-hmm. what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you're in the entertainment industry and you are a victim of the casting couch, hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You think you're going to get an opportunity? Well, shit, let me play the game. Let me go up here. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's my point. Y'all got Bill. Mm-hmm. Y'all got him. Okay? That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Where in the blue hell is Harvey Weinstein? Where are all the A list actresses yes. that started coming forward? Yes. And the Me Too movement. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. If Bill did it, hear these women and mm-hmm. they're saying that this happened to him. Mm-hmm. And we have all this fervor right. and all this energy mm-hmm. to stamping out male predators with power and privilege. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is Harvey Weinstein? Let's get those charges a rolling. Let's get this. Mm-hmm court proceedings are rolling. If Bill goes to prison, then so then should Harvey. Harvey needs to get his fat ass <laughs> behind bars. Yes, he does. Let's get you. If Bill is at home with an ankle bracelet mm-hmm. and awaiting sentencing, mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein should be next. 
And let me say this. Mm -hmm. If he is not, we have a problem. We have a problem. I agree with you 100%. We have a problem. Because I realize, like, wait, it's been, it's been six months minimum with regards to Harvey. We've had several awards there in the entertainment industry, and he's just been absent, and is, he's been laying low. But I Ain't nobody been wearing no black dresses because of Bill Cosby. Nobody. Ain't nobody. This whole pin. Nobody. Everybody in the fun way. All this has been because of Harvey Weinstein mm -hmm. and other men in Hollywood. So if Bill is the only person, if he's going to be the martyr for mm -hmm. men of Hollywood, you all need to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100%. Y'all need to take a look at that because it's just like what happens with police brutality. Uh-huh. The only person that does time mm -hmm. in matters of police killing unarmed or anybody in society uh -huh. are people of what? Color. Okay. So it was a couple Asians. The one yes. Asian officer in New York got yes. time. The rapist out in where is Holcomb? Where is he at? I don't know. He's he's out Midwest to West. He's out that way somewhere. Iowa or something. I don't okay. know. Ain't my place to remember uh, <laughs> the rapist cops. All right. I don't fuck you, you rapist cop. <laughs> Even so. the two cops who raped that girl in that van in New York, they're both minority, black and Hispanic. And what happened? Uh, they on they in, on trial. They are indicted. They had lost oh. their jobs. They going to oh. jail. But where are all the white boys at that get? They don't. See, but that's my point. Mm -hmm. It's like you all are real loud and taking down somebody that looks like you. Yes. And when it's time to go get the big bad wolf, mm -hmm. where's that same energy at? So here's here's my point. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to say this, and y'all can come for me. We're supposed to applaud all the social justice warriors and the women who are working tirelessly to do this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't can't speak for white women, but I'm asking black women, where are you at since you all are the ones that's doing all the work? Let it be told on social media. Mm -hmm. So you all are our superiors mm -hmm. in raising the voice of the voiceless and in the movement and making things happen. Mm -hmm. Where, why isn't Harvey Weinstein uh, up on charges? Why, where is this at? Mm. Where's, where's the movement at to get his ass indicted? Mm. Where, where is it at? Mm. Where is it at? But but y'all, but y'all, no your peers are slapping high fives for Bill Cosby. They are. It, it, it is bothersome. Uh -huh. It's bothersome to, to watch all the high fives with regards to Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> and here's here here's why black women and let me just talk directly to y'all so yeah. you know it, it is bothersome uh, not only because I don't see you guys pulling for the Harveys to come down I see you pulling for Bill I see you pulling for R. Kelly um, mm. you mm. know to be taken down but not Harvey and I'm wondering well is mm. it you know why not Harvey as well is it because you feel like white women are going to do that job for you so that you know he could be taken down is it because he didn't have a lot of black victims um, you know I think or women of color if you will um, which is kind of weird because Bill's most of his his accusers were not women of color not that they didn't exist but yeah, it, it yeah, was, yeah. It was, he uh, had there were several there in was several there. Uh, there was the several majority was still white um, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we had Lupita come out with Harvey you know against Harvey yeah. uh, what was that other woman of color that black women don't like uh, she's a short pretty she's Hispanic 
I can't think of her name right now. Yeah. Um, Selma, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who tried to drag old girl yes, yes. and tell her that racism. Don't, right. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you want to come out yeah, talking about, hey, I've been touched too. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I find it problematic. Uh, for, first of all, I should probably say this. One of my issues with white women alone is that they play both sides of the fence. You know, mm-hmm. one moment you guys are for whiteness and for white supremacy when it benefits you. And then when you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick over there, then you want to come over to the lines where black women and other women of color are and, and want to be marginalized. At that and moment. LGBTQ. Yes. And, and LGBTQ as well. Yeah. And so black women, I want you to look at that lens and see how maybe we do that sometimes. Right. We're playing both sides of the fence. So and sometimes you want to be for black women and we're the most marginalized group and everybody hates on us and shits on us. And then when it benefits you now, you want to be about all women. And so I feel like with the Bill Cosby issue, we want to be for all women and taking him down. But we're not being the same way and being for all men who (laughs) who are doing these things and you're not coming for Harvey Weinstein at the same time. And so I think it's really important to look when we want to play the field of, you know, we're all women and then we want to play the field where it's just, you know, black women, we're the marginal. We we do that as well. And so I, I, I feel like that is showing here in this situation of caping for for Bill Cosby and then not caping with the same energy for Harvey Weinstein. But here's a, here's the let's 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 talk about another high profile black man mm-hmm. whom should have been taken down and prosecuted years ago. Mm-hmm. Robert Kelly. Yes, Robert. And let's let's just call this what this is. This has been a black issue because the reason why R. Kelly has been able to be predatorial for over two a decades long time for over two decades is because he has preyed upon black women right. if R. Kelly had done any of these activities to white teenage girls he would have been listen 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 it, it. if he had have married uh, Mandy Moore <laughs> <laughs> in 1994 wouldn't have been no no ignition. Nothing. We wouldn't have got to trap in the closet. Never. It would have been I'm trapped in this jail cell. <laughs> parts one through fifty seven. The well. DVD would have been. Do you understand what I'm telling yes, you? Yes, yes. So guess what? And and this is I mean you say whatever you want to. Y'all come for me. I don't care. You all. What did what did uh, Chris Rock say? He ain't talking about me <laughs> when he was talking about slap on the booty, slap on the ass, come in the mouth. You know right? Yes. He ain't talking about me. Right. Right. So it is a reverse Me Too movement. Mm. Well, it ain't me movement. Mm. You all knew in 94 when he married Aaliyah and, oh, well, her mama. Right. Her parents approved it. They approved of that. So that's them. So that ain't really him. Right. Y'all excused him then. Yes. You excused R. Kelly. Then here comes his sex tape in 01. Oh, that could be anybody's head up that girl's ass. Right. And plus he was acquitted, so... How do we know that was him? That could be anybody peeing on a girl in the exact same studio room that was on MTV Cribs that was filmed a couple months prior. That could be anybody. That could be somebody's Mark Kelly's entourage peeing on that girl, yeah. telling her to dance faster. Yeah, that was that was definitely the then we, sentiment, yeah. We let go of that. And, th- you know, so it's just funny to me when everybody wants to be warriors for the cause mm-hmm. and acquittals just like oh no we'll, we'll pardon him now mm-hmm. because he writing some jams 
<sighs> because he writing some jam. Yeah, so, when the last time R. Kelly wrote a jam? Oh, that's why it's time for him to go. Mm, yeah. Oh, nigga, you ain't you ain't producing? Up, oh, time for you to go. Yeah, I was time for you to go. That. You ain't making no jams. Time for you to go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here's my thing, right? Mm-hmm. Do not get upset for people that stand for Bill Cosby. Like if they're standing for Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. you there's a whole lot of you who did not do anything when R. Kelly did offense after offense. offense it took until buzzfeed did that article about the sex cults and actually had witnesses come out and talk and then now that he's uh given herpes to some girl and she's corroborated the story oh. from the buzzfeed now y'all want to come for R. kelly and now you want him put under the jail Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <sighs> okay well i mean yeah you know, we got a lot of comments here on this i see we got a lot of comments. Uh, Tanisha Pruitt, uh, Angles Matter, talking about old <laughs> social head and haircut. Did Cosby and Angela's civil settlement not come with a hush clause? Okay, so here's what had happened. So that settlement was supposed to be private, right? And so the uh, district attorney at the time made a verbal agreement with Cosby and his team that that ish would never come up ever again. They would never use it for, you know, criminal prosecution or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is that that was never put in any real plea agreement or any real written document that could be enforced so here we go fast forward 12 years you got new mayors you got new prosecutors you got new DAs you got new people they don't know nothing about that agreement and there's nothing to legally bind them so they came for them and they used it so Bill for that almost 12 years was going along with the agreement they had made with probably somebody that whomever was in his circle had in their pocket handshake people get in and out of office and once again, they was like, we don't have nothing to bind us to doing that. And they came, they used it. They came for him. Wow. Well, so, so it, it really your lawyer's fault in not getting that in the real writing you need, you know, so that it's, it's not le- so it's legally enforceable. So they had a hush clause, but it wasn't wasn't real. OK, well, uh, oh, man, look at that. It's all in the notes. Uh, Bill, uh, Dr. Cosby, uh, let me tell you this. Run! Run, nigga, run! Use that money! Get your private jet! Get out of here! Wakanda got a diplomatic! Run! 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 Can I? Listen, listen, listen. Run! We were talking about this, you know. Because in the in his not sentencing but the conviction reading, they were advocating on where they allow him to get out on bail before sentencing or should he go to jail? And that the prosecutors argued that Cosby was a flight risk. You goddamn right, he's a flight. And risk. he was like, he don't got a plane, you asshole. He said that in the proceeding. But after I found about it, I was like, hey, if Bill ran. I'll be like, I ain't even mad at you, Bill. Uh, I'll be darned if I live out my last day. I'm not going to. Listen. (laughs) I didn't make all this money. I didn't. Listen. Listen. Hey, y'all say what you want. I don't care. Nigga, run. Run, Bill, run. Hashtag run, Bill, run. Non-extradition country. Find it. Get you a plane. Go straight there. I was telling Camille... Don't even pack bags, baby. We're gonna fly away, zip, zap, zoom into the sky, nah, and live out the rest of my life on the run. 
I said to the judge, I says to the prosecutor, he don't have no plan. You asshole. <laughs> so. If Bill ran, it, I'm sorry. Run, Bill, run. All right. Move on. What's the next topic? <laughs> Uh, so last night was the White House Correspondence Dinner, yeah. the annual event thrown yeah. by the uh, White House Correspondence Bureau of Association of All Journalists of America, <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, it's a, a favorite event of all the journalists who cover the White House. Uh, as every year, there's always a comedian or someone who's invited in to do a roast of the administration and people yeah. in you know involved in the White House, and so that happened again last night. Michelle Wolf, a comedian, was invited to do the roast, and whoo. Trump people and white folks is mad. We got a clip for y'all if y'all want to see how great yes, it was. Let's see Roll that. it. Which clip? Uh, let's start with Sarah. Sarah? Yeah, the Sarah Huckabee. Oh, she was jiving on Sarah. <laughs> yeah. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia and the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Mike Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. Every time Sarah steps up to the podium, I get excited because I'm not really sure what we're going to get. You know, a press briefing, a bunch of lies, or divided into softball teams. It's shirts and skins, and this time don't be such a little bitch, Jim Acosta. I think she's very resourceful. Like she burns facts and then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. <laughs> like maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. <laughs> and I'm never really sure what to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, is it Sarah Sanders? Is it Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Is it Cousin Huckabee? Is it Auntie Huckabee Sanders? Like, what's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? Oh, I know, Aunt Coulter. Oh boy. <laughs> listen, I listened to that, I thought that it was so funny. Uh, but not a lot of white people thought it was funny. Uh, they felt that they were bullied. She was bullying Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, that it was inappropriate. There's some people who actually walked out yes. of the White House Correspondents' Dinner mm -hmm. after she uh, gave her rose. She touched on a number of topics, uh, many more than just Sarah. She touched on Kelly, uh, what is her name, Conway. Uh, she touched on a lot of people, a lot of things in her 20 minutes of roasting. Um, you know, it's so weird how people react to this thing. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's thrown by the White House Correspondence Association, which is all about ensuring the strength of the First Amendment. Yeah. It is, and not only that, but ensuring the strength of the First Amendment in covering the presidency. And you have someone who's come in and is truly exercising her First Amendment right as a comedian and telling it like it is through a comedic lens ensuring full robust coverage of the presidency as we've experienced it in the last year. And I just cannot understand why people just cannot see it for what it is yeah. and appreciate 
the great joke crafting, if you will, yeah. uh, that she brought to this. And so definitely want to hear your comments about uh, the roast uh, from a comedic standpoint, for sure. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, uh, again, like you just said, I, I thought she crafted some very good jokes. Um, I've seen people up there. Don Imus comes to mind in 1996. Mm -hmm. He said uh, that Bill Clinton has been banging girls in the back of El Camino since high school and he's been cheating on Hillary since whenever mm -hmm. and Hillary Clinton should be indicted. He said this to their faces at the same function in 1996. Yikes. And people are saying it's supposed to singe not burn. Bullshit. There have been people to get up there mm -hmm. and go for jugulars. You mm -hmm. know, um, it happens. You, mm -hmm. you, you have people that do not divorce their beliefs and mm -hmm. their political leanings mm -hmm. from their craft. Mm -hmm. I think very honestly uh -huh. that Sarah and this administration has no sense of humor. She did, not, she did not talk about how unfortunate looking she is. She did not. She did not come for the fact she that she not. looks like uh, Uncle Buck <laughs> and drag. Y'all can pretend like that this woman don't look like Uncle Buck. Y'all can do we have a clip? Do we have uh, a picture of Sarah picture at all? Sarah? No, no picture okay. Sarah. No picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> she looked like Uncle Buck, man. Every time I look at her, I see her making giant pancakes with a shovel. Ah! I see her making giant pan. You didn't watch Uncle Buck? <laughs> no. Uncle Buck was watching uh <laughs> uh which call it McAllister. He was an uncle. So this was the prequel to Home Alone. I always, in my mind, uh, Uncle Buck okay. is the prequel to Home Alone. Okay, that's funny. It's in the same universe. Okay. So he was watching Home Alone, okay. little white boy, and he was making them giant pancakes. So this is where he got his imagination from to try to kill these two grown men. He was a murderer, man. He was an attempted murderer. But um, he was an attempted murderer, man. Uh, here's the thing, man. She could have gone so many different directions. Yes. And she spoke about the woman that was in the room. She came for her. Mm -hmm. And she could have said a whole bunch worse. She could have. I think the worst thing that she said was a thinly veiled allusion to her burly disposition. With the softball. Joke. With the softball. You know, hey, <laughs> it's shirts and skins. You know, she used this trucker voice. And, you know, <laughs> but it was all funny. And I, you, you know, I don't know. Here's something I want to say. Yeah. I want to keep it, you know, away from the correspondence, but I want to talk about the conservatives. Because okay. on Twitter, they're going in on her. She's they disgusting. Are. They I are. can't believe she this. But anyone that knows this knows that I, anyone out here, if you don't know, I will say it again. I have been a conservative for the majority of my life. I think I've said this before. Most black people truthfully are. Right. They don't know it right. or they don't admit it. Right. Okay. Uh, we believe in religion. We believe in God. We believe in hard work. Mm -hmm. We believe in the military. How many yes. of us have military right. families? Right. We believe in guns because a lot of you niggas is running around with gun permits. Like, who, like, like, stop it. Yes. Stop it. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know what I mean? Right. We all believe in conspiracies that the government <laughs> is yes. trying to do stuff. And conservatives want less government. They yes. want small government yes. for big business. All y'all love y'all Gucci. All y'all love stunting and flexing and buying uh, big cars and all that. That sounds very white to me. That sounds very mm -hmm. middle to upper middle class to okay. 1% to me. Right. And black people need to get over it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've just become slightly accepting with the white society 
of LGBTQ rights. We have never been on board with the homosexual community. That's true. Because of religion. Yes. That's conservative. Yes, that's very true. You're not liberal. You're not as liberal as you think you are. You're not as liberal as you think you are. That's true. You just happen to belong to a disenfranchised class of people. Mm-hmm. But yet and still, guess what you did? You pulled yourself up with hard work, education, you got careers, mm-hmm. you pay your taxes, you mm-hmm. move to, you mo- guess what neighborhoods y'all moved to? Mm-hmm. Y'all moved to white neighborhoods mm-hmm. to give those taxes with better schools. Y'all sound real conservative to me. That's real. That sounds very conservative to me. You all are not creating sustainable communities with eco gardens mm-hmm. and urban gardens and, and doing recycled. Mm-hmm. You are not. Mm-hmm. You are not. You guys are not liberal. Stop it. Do not argue me. Do not debate me. You just happen to vote democratically, but you're not a liberal. So I say this to say, Uh I am an open and out conservative. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that I agree with Donald Trump. Doesn't. Right. Does not. I have various Republican views, but mm-hmm. then I have some democratic views, right. you know. I believe in universal health care. I think everybody should have free health care. I believe in universal uh, education. I think mm-hmm. everybody should have access to education. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that I absolutely believe. I believe everyone should have the right to live and exist however they choose to live and exist. You do not get to beat up and kill and do, leave people alone. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I believe that the police should have 100% accountability. I believe that black people, Latino people, I believe that Native Americans and the lands that you put them on should be left alone. You can't go back now right, and try, and try to, to drill right. and get, no, oh, no, no. You put them there. This is their land. You got to right. leave them alone. You got to figure something out. Right. You got to figure something out. So I say all of that to say this is that they do not have a sense of humor to themselves. And for years, I had to watch them mm-hmm. speak badly, rudely, disrespectfully about a very smart, very capable, very beautiful, very attractive black woman named Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. I, I had to watch them mm-hmm. say that she looks like an ape, yes. say that she looks like a man. I mm-hmm. have seen nothing but these right-wing yes. nut jobs yes. do pictures. Yes. I, I had a screenshot of a picture where someone made of Michelle Obama sitting with her legs crossed and they had a black penis coming out from up. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it infuriated me, you mm-hmm. know, because why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because she's tall and she have, happens to have a great figure mm-hmm. and that she's, you know, but these are the same white men who want Serena Williams? Who lusts at? I'm not gonna go there. I'm. Okay. I'm let All me. Right. Let me. I no, die. Okay. You know. Okay. You know. Uh, but nevertheless, you all made those jokes and those comments for eight years. Right. Right. Nobody held you accountable then. At all. And now, some another white person comes in and makes a couple eyeshadow jokes mm-hmm. and a couple jokes questioning your credibility as a leader. Yes. And now y'all, y'all yes. little. Little white dicks is tied up into little knots around your little tiny balls, and you. (laughs) No, now you want to be mad. Now you want to be mad. And this woman was talking about when they go low, we go high, and they said that she has a penis. Like, listen, if I'm Barack Obama, I you know me, you know me. It's a bunch of y'all watching it. What y'all think I would have done if I'm in office? 
Listen, this is why I didn't like Barack because he's a Steve Urkel. Oh, he's a Steve Urkel, and I need I need a Nino. <laughs> okay. I need I need somebody like I'm taking all you motherfuckers down with me. <laughs> that that's the head of CMB. Like I need somebody's like, oh, you talking about my old lady? Oh, okay. What state you from? Oh, okay. Watch this. I needed I needed President Petty. You ain't talking about my baby mama, and you think that this shit finna be? Oh, my nigga, it's on. It's on. What district you from? It's on. Ooh. I'm finna turn the lines on. You shoot program. You twenty-four <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Republicans ain't got shit on me. I'd have been. I'd have been Lonzo. <laughs> My nigga. You made it. You win. You win. Oh, boy. I'm not playing this game. Y'all want to get mad about some white lady talking about another white lady. and But it's all propaganda. They mm-hmm. did it on purpose. Yes. They knew who she was when they hired her. And they, yes. they loved it. Oh, she's a bully. But they did that, though. You, mm-hmm. you all have to be very mindful of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They hired her on purpose. This is part of their distraction. Okay. If you do not get a comedian that's going to come out there and be decisive against you, mm-hmm. they put her up there. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was a sacrificial lamb. They knew she was going to make fun of her, and they knew the next day, that day, look at them. They're always attacking us. They're always attacking the administration. And you're like, why? Oh, now we're talking about these jokes. We're talking about her. Mm-hmm. And that's not even an issue. You manufactured right. this. You right. could have, listen, when George H.W. was president, they went out and they got Dana Carvey. He okay. was the headliner. Mm-hmm. And you know why they got Dana Carvey? Mm. Because Dana Carvey did an impression of him. And George H.W. loved it. Mm. <laughs> Read my lips. No <laughs> new taxes. Like, he loved it. Uh-huh. They went out and got somebody favorable mm. that okay. they would enjoy. Okay. All right. In a send up of the old man. Okay. Nobody's dumb. Okay. You know who to go get. Okay. They did this on purpose. Ne- okay. Y'all want to fall for the okie doke, man. I got a, a truck full of cheesy ass popcorn for y'all. If y'all fall for the okie doke, stop falling for it. Look at what's propaganda here. Y'all have all control of who you're bringing into that room. You absolutely do. Get out of here. They brought a brown guy last time. Yeah, get out of right? here. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't nearly as controversial. Funny, not nearly as controversial. Get out of here. And uh, if you want to talk about propaganda, uh, Michelle Wolf has a Netflix special. That comes out on May the 27th. Oh, so it's time to get her name out there. And then, oh, so if you don't think this is all cahoots. <laughs> it's all cahoots on both sides. Oh, man. Okay. She had all the incentive to bring it. Yeah. She had all well, the she, incentive. She it. <laughs> she she did. it. I'll be watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch her special. <laughs> so is that it for I think you and I? I think that's it. We're going to um, bring J-Con. Let's bring J-Con. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Uh, reset. Yeah, yeah, we know what you're going to play. Are you going to play the Russell Westbrook interview? Interview? Okay, so let's watch what Russell Westbrook says, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. All right. A couple times where you are coming out of the uh, into the tunnel, you uh, confronted a fan. What happened on, in those instances? Oh, I don't confront fans. Fans confront me. Um, here in Utah, man, a lot of uh, disrespectful, uh, vulgar things are said to the players here with these fans. Man, it's truly disrespectful. Um, talk about your families. Uh, your kids, um, and it's just a disrespect to the game, man. I think it's something that needs to be brought up. Um, and I'm tired of just going out and playing and, and letting fans say what the hell they want to say. 
I'm not with that because if they, if I was on the street, they wouldn't just come up to me and say anything crazy because I, I I don't I don't play that shit. So I just think it's disrespectful when they get the chance to do whatever they want to do it needs to be uh, put to a stop, especially here in Utah. Russell, there. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Yeah, look at look that, at look that. that transition. You right the here. The magic of broadcasting. I am J Cole at J Cole is it. Revolution still with us. Yeah. So as you all saw, we'll get right into it. That was a post-game interview from one Russell Westbrook after they lost to the Utah Jazz in the first round of the NBA playoffs. So, what happened, you're asking? Russell Westbrook was exiting the uh, court after the game. And two, it was actually two fans. Yeah. So one fan, I'm, I'm going to illustrate this, mm -hmm. goes like this to Russell with his phone. Mm-hmm. And Russell slaps at the phone, yeah. right? Because it's in his face. Yeah. Now, if I'm coming in your face, Raybo, and I'm your boy, yeah. If I come in your face, what you doing? I'm slapping your dick. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting slapped, and and this is slap. my brother. I've grown up with this man. Slapping his penis. This guy don't know Russell Westbrook. You put your phone in there, so he's walking down the little ramp, the exit ramp, and another dude decides to get chippy. He's yelling at him. As a matter of fact, let me show y'all that clip. Can you run that that clip? Do you see that? Let's see. I see Russell Westbrook. 15 seconds. Yup, that's it. All right, here we go. Now, the reason why I chose that one over the other one that was my favorite one because as you guys saw at the end of that clip that dude was so shook <laughs> he he just like backed up and sat down like he was not expecting russ to clap back at no, all no so i'm gonna go back to russ's interview mm -hmm. what he said was yeah we th the nba needs to do something about this yeah this is not acceptable that these fans, he said, especially Utah, Utah is a very white space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Saying racially insensitive things, inflammatory things to these people. I'm sure they talk about your family. They talk about whatever they think is going to piss you off. They're allowed to do that. And as an NBA player, because you're the entertainment, yeah. you should be professional, right? Because you get millions of dollars or something, that means that you should be able to handle your shit. And Russ mentioned, he's like, because if we was on the street and you did that, um, that shit wasn't happening. Uh, and he, he intimated that he would have rightfully whooped his ass. Yeah. yeah. Right? But Absolutely. You but you can't do that as an NBA player exiting the building. So instead of protecting its players, yeah. the NBA does nothing about these situations. Nope. And that this, to me even ties into what's happening in the NFL, right? So you have a organization that employs, and the NBA employs way more percentage of, of black athletes than the NFL. The NFL is what, 60, 70%? Yeah. NBA, we were surprised the other day, me and Reggie on True Ball Thursday were like, wow, um, they have four, Philadelphia has four white guys? Like, that's an anomaly. Yeah. It's got to be 90% black. High and, 80s. Yeah, high 80s. You got some Europeans, some, some um, guys from, from Central and South America. Like two. Right. And then 
one or two white guys, four of them with shirt, apparently, on the Philadelphia 76. Yeah. So you are not caring about these people. As an organization, you have nothing in place to protect them from, and let's, let's not mince words. Please don't. From white people mm-hmm. who now, in this environment, obviously don't care for you as a person. No. Okay. So here's what. So let me see here. Uh, yep. Take courage. There you go, Desmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany Shackelford, uh, T Shack Talks, uh, FCN2. She says the NBA is having more action than the WWE. Okay. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about uh, comedy. Right. And, and Tiffany just mentioned WWE. WWE, yep. You know what happens with both of those arenas? Stand up comedy has its hecklers. Mm-hmm. WWE has its fans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Roman Reigns had a beer poured on him when he comes through the crowd entrance. Mm-hmm. They have to stop that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know what happens? People want to be a part of the show, Yep. right? Yep. It's always some asshole who wants to heckle you when you're up there on stage. I'm gonna tell you something. I've done stand-up comedy for years, mm-hmm. right? I haven't done it in years because I've been working on actually putting together a show because I want to record it. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to record a definitive comedy album, uh, and so I've just been working on that. Absolutely. Uh, I've had people heckle me, mm-hmm. and I'm like Russell Westbrook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you something. You can say certain things. You can do certain stuff, but. You can't say certain things, and I have done more shows and clubs where there are white people in attendance, mm-hmm. right? Right. And one day I just wasn't feeling it, mm-hmm. and I said, "Sir, did you look at me? Have you really looked at me? I am 225 pounds. Mm-hmm. I will take this motherfucking microphone, mm-hmm. wrap it around your neck, choke the shit out of you until your eyes pop out of your motherfucking socket." <laughs> now I said, "Now, everyone now is sitting here, and you all are afraid." Right? So now let me ask you a question. Was that funny? No, it wasn't funny. No, it wasn't funny. <laughs> right? That's scary. Right? Right? Yo. Now put yourself in my shoes. Mm-hmm. When I get up here and I'm looking at all you white people, mm-hmm. how do you think I feel? Do you think I feel safe? Mm-hmm. I don't. And then here you come being offensive to me, calling me names and saying stuff about me. So guess what? Let's make this real for everybody. Okay, you want to have fun, so I'm going to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choke the shit out of you with this microphone in front of your old lady. And then guess what? I'm going to fuck your old lady now. <laughs> I'm going to fuck your old lady now. Now what you going to do? Now you got to go home knowing that this big dick was in your old lady. Oh, my God. And guess what? People are like, oh. Of course said, they were. <laughs> I said, it's not fun now, is it, huh? And they're like, I was like, I still got time with this microphone. Right. So you're looking at Russell Westbrook when you're in a profession, your profession. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go to. How many people are at their jobs when they get cussed out at their jobs? Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute, I, this is not what I signed up for. Absolutely. I used to work. I'm not phone, getting paid for that. I used to work phone support, and if someone cussed at me, and they they always had their rules about what you had to do, what your yeah. script was if you're getting cussed at. But I I never. Fuck those rules. My rule was if you cuss at me once, I give you one warning. And then after that, I'm hanging up on you. That's it. Okay, goodbye. And I'm hanging up on you. Yeah. Because I'm not. there's no reason that I have to deal with that. Right. At no reason in the world, no matter what is happening to you, no. that I have to deal with you verbally yeah. accosting me. Yeah. And it's, in the NBA, this is the NBA's big thing. Is you get to be part of the action. I remember that. Yes. 
maybe in the nineties, two early thousands, two mm-hmm. thousands when they like you be part of the action. This nobody gets to be courtside like this. Right. They are court. You got people yes. behind your head yes. talking. LeBron and had to come for people talking about his mother, yes. talking about his mother. Like fans go too far. There are seats in some stadiums that are equal to or closer to the court than the actual players sit. Yes. Yes. So And this you're paying a premium. And those people paying a premium think they can do whatever they want to do. Yep. And you can't. You know, but like But they can. But the, the the NBA allows them. Absolutely. They allow them to do that. And you know this is what I've said, right? When are we gonna get to a place to just be like, all right, Fuck it. Let's just all walk off our jobs because it's like it's clear we can't have any actual peace and mm-hmm. respect mm-hmm. wherever we are. Like, you know, where can we start another league at? Because this is ridiculous. Listen, and, and I, I was I was thinking of that. I'm like, OK, so when is the time that people stop laughing at folks for talking about starting up leagues and actually pool the money together and yeah. start a league? With the rules in place, with yeah. the safeguards in place, yeah. that will actually benefit the people who are in that league. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If a black dude, if there were a couple black dudes in MLB or NHL, and they were messing, doing the same thing to mm-hmm. a white hockey player or a white baseball player, yeah. you getting your. We've seen people at baseball games get dragged out for less. Yes. You like, damn, they, yeah, they don't top of. play. They they, do not you don't have to be by the field. You be no. up several rows up and fucking with another fan. And you getting your ass out of you out of there. You gone. Let alone a player. Yes. You should be protecting. He is an MVP. He is a money he maker. He's one of your marketed purse people. Like he's one of the guys that you are marketing that you are bringing people whether they love him or hate him well to to watch and bring money to your league. Well. So, you know, the NBA, man, NBA needs to be taking the task for this. Yes, and they I, should. And I hope that they people like Russ and others like really, I mean, and I hate to put everything on LeBron cuz he's already playing 80 minutes a game mm-hmm. and he's already, you know, capable for social issues, but yeah. man, can he do can he get some help? I think they've talked about this. This is something else. And I wonder when the next CBA is mm-hmm. that this will be brought yeah, up. I, but they this needs to be, you know, talked about. Yeah. And there are but if you've been to games, you've been to games, you've yeah. covered a lot of NBA I basketball. Have. Um as a reporter. How many people It's a beat you, reporter. Yeah, it's a beat reporter. <laughs> I didn't say it at the time. You said it. How many times have you seen security and the people in the mm-hmm. jackets that are in earshot? You heard it, you know hey, come yes. on, get him out of here. Get on the get on your walkie, get on yeah. whatever, hey, get him out of here. But they don't. Yeah, no, they, they don't. Do you know why? Not. Let me hear why. You know why? Because these people, number one, are paid minimum wage. Yeah. Number two, they're not actual security. They're just normal people in a jacket. Yeah. Right. Like you have uh, all kinds of people. You have older people. You have, uh, you know, young like I just want a job and be close to the action. You know, female security workers that are not trained in anything. Mm -hmm. They're just supposed to be there to discourage folks. Yeah. But they don't do anything. Yeah. They don't do anything. And if something happened, the actual police presence that's at the game would be the ones to come. Out of wherever they stay, you know. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I. That, I'm just shocked that Charles Oakley got his ass dragged out of Madison Square Garden. Charles Oakley. Yes, he did. Hall of Famer. Yep. Is he a Hall of Famer? 
No. If, if not, he if will not, be. If not, I hope he is. Mm-hmm. Charles Oakley got dragged out. Yep. But these guys get to stay in. Yeah. That, should, that should tell you something. That should absolutely tell you something. And it he's should. a millionaire, former athlete, former player mm-hmm. in the NBA, former Nick mm-hmm. coming in home. In Madison Square Garden. In Madison Square Garden and got taken out of. And yeah, what it should tell you is that the NBA, the owners, yeah. don't care nope. about the players. No. They don't they do not. care. It's they as simple as that. So no. they're not going to, you know, put all of their resources, because that's money, yeah. into protecting them. Yeah. Well, You're a big black guy. You can handle it. You're tough. You're from You're the tough. inner city. Exactly right. You're from the inner city. You're from LA. You lift weights every day. You're, you know. But don't touch him. Don't touch him. <laughs> now, that's the thing. And the, the guy that reached out, if they had touched Russ and he whipped that dude's ass, Russ would be the one. He'd be in trouble. With, with charges and, brought but up on if, him. If he touched me, I'm like, assault. I'm yeah. Get him. I'd have flopped like, like uh, I'm taking offensive foul. Assault. And, assault. Uh, assault. Yep. Y'all assault. saw cameras everywhere. Assault. This is, do not touch my person. Yeah. This is assault. So, so I mean, we got to learn how to play in the rules of, of the law and waste hey, everybody's time. Right, you wait, have to call off of work. Right. I'm, I got I'm, millions. I am right now. Right. I am right now on leave. I would have assault. a neck brace. It's mentally. If Kevin Love gets to be anxious and depressed mm. because of whatever happened in his life and gets to be off for 20-some games, mm-hmm. why can't Russell Westbrook take a leave of absence and press charges against these people for assault. Oh, we can't do that now. You know, Massa don't like that. Yeah. Massa don't like us when we when we talk against him now. So, Indeed. I don't know how to segue out of that. And speaking of Massa. Okay. Thanos. <laughs> no, was that? That was a horrible transition. Hey, we got to do it. We got to do it. All right. So, Infinity Wars came out. This past Thursday, you know, the yeah. preview, yeah. Friday, technically to open. Yeah. It's made goo gobs of money. So far, it has been estimated that they are at $250 million, Which is? Which is uh, broke the record for uh, The Force Awakens, which mm-hmm. was number one for opening weekends. Three-day opening weekend at $247 million. Uh-huh. This is estimated, estimated at $250 uh, the Thursday is number four right. all time. Right. Um, Interestingly yeah. enough, the Friday it was one hundred and five, right? Yes. Which wasn't which wasn't the fir- in first place because they count the Thursday preview with right. Friday, but the Friday standalone yeah was sixty six, which is the highest. Yeah. Because Force Awakens and those made forty something on Thursday. Yeah. So the Friday number is the biggest Friday number. Yeah. If you take it, it would have made fifty true Friday numbers. Yeah, the Force Awakens made fifty-four million. Right on Thursday. On, on Thursday. Oh, that's yeah. right. And then that's another. True. What was it? Something else made forty-seven. Yeah. So anyway, so it's Harry Potter. Oh, that's right. Definitely Hallows Part Two. Part Two, last yep. one. So it's a it's it's big. Yeah. People are going to watch it. It's the most popular thing. People are shocked. People are stunned by what happened in the movie by yep. the ending of the movie. We're not doing a spoiler-free review. Okay, we're not spoiling anything. But that's not what me and Ravo are here to talk about today. We're actually here to talk about, as you previewed in the beginning of Sunday Edition, about fandom and about the fine line between comic book movies and making a movie. Right. Okay? So we had a gentleman, I forgot to write his name down, but, you know, Eh. oh well. Oh well. He wrote an article for The New Yorker. Now, I'm going to read several segments, and we're going to talk about the segments. Yeah, please, go ahead. I am going to preface this with, this is some of the most pretentious fucking writing that I have ever read. But it's the New Yorker. 
It's the so. New Yorker. You know, my cousin Vincent mm-hmm. always so he told me something. I was much too old. I wish he told me mm-hmm. in my youth that changed my life. He said, little cousin, mm-hmm. I want you to always remember one thing and one thing only to do. I was like, what's that? Consider the source. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was like, huh. Changed my life. Absolutely. So we're talking about the New Yorker. The New Yorker. Its logo is some upper crust snooty. Snotty. Snooty. <laughs> snooty. With a cigarette on the little yes. cigarette stick. Top hat. Top hat. Monocle. In a monocle. Is the, I mean, the nose is turned up in the photo. Like, yes. And the painting. Excuse me, this is art. It's very artistic. <laughs> so this ain't Essence. This ain't Wizard. This isn't a. Ne- this is the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Continue. There we go. So he starts out talking about the movie. It says it's serving mainly to illustrate the movie's main idea: to give each one of its dozens of characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe a few moments to shine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm. I'm. Do you take exception to that as a fan? Because if you do, I call bullshit. Every single time a new character came on screen in our viewing and when I talk to people around the country viewings typically go similarly if not the same what happened every time a new character came on screen what happened go ahead Woo! Woo! yeah Woo! every time especially the guy that was sitting next to me I wanted to smack the shit out of him each and every time they cheered and applaud like like okay they're here. Shut up. You just saw them. You they just were just in a movie. Yeah. Last year. Because Marvel comes out with 15 movies yep. a year. Yep. So, please. All right. So, um, I want to address this part. And again, we have to read through the pretension. It comes off not even as a single drama, as a self-contained and internally structured narrative, but rather as a big screen two and a half hour variant on a single episode in a television series. Yes, Avengers Infinity War would make little sense in the absence of its pack of predecessors. Its characters aren't introduced, they just show up and then get cheered. That's my part, I said that. (laughs) And their behavior is entirely defined by the templates set for them in other movies. True. True. Not only does Avengers Infinity War presume that viewers have seen all the preceding films in the Marvel series, but worse, it presumes that they've thought about them afterward. That was a cheap shot. Yeah. That that line was a cheap shot. I was like, okay, fuck you, dude. So, yes, what what he said in there was vastly true, but I, f- I found three truths I, and a false. Right. Okay. So, but he vastly missed the basis of everything. The presumption is that this movie is made for fans who follow the series. Is that true or false? That's true. So. It has enough action, it has enough drama, it has enough, you know, little tidbits that the people that haven't been can still come in and enjoy it as a action comic book movie, right? Are you asking me about Infinity War? Yeah, Infinity War. No. You don't think that a, that a, that a no. casual viewer can come no. in and enjoy the action, no. the fighting? Can they come and enjoy it? Yes. Yeah. Can they come and enjoy the action and the fighting? Yeah. Yeah, if you just, yes. <laughs> hey, look here, mama. Our, it is a CGI blue purple skinned man. <laughs> that's fun. And are you saying that's not the average viewer? All right, so moving on. 
Where, and this is where I really want to hit the discussion. We'll read some more from the article, but so comic book movies, and I, yeah. I observed this because I I was into comic book movie, comic books as a as a as a child yeah. and growing up, but I never dove into them. I have knowledge of them. Most of my knowledge comes from discussions with you, from things that yeah. you've read that we talked about, or I've like you like oh pick this up and read it, right? Yeah. So I'm not heavily into canon. Yeah. Right. But I still enjoy comic books. Sure. And I am a movie buff. Sure. I've wanted to be in movies. I wanted to produce yeah. and write movies. Right. I don't know about that. But continue. You don't have to. I'm telling the, the I'm telling the people this is this well, is the truth. Well, but I'm also trying to give them backstory because you're just dropping in uh, these plot devices from a template. Right. That was established. I just, it, they other, just showed up. Yeah. This kind of information just showed up. It just up. showed up. Yeah. So, so I've I'm never giving, had a discussion with you about being in a movie. We're talking about the the fans though. So. I'm giving exposition to how this may or may not be true. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. So, (laughs) where is this line that should we draw Mm -hmm. between comic book and movie? Is this the question? This is my question. Yeah. Should they be self-contained and fan service within intertwined storyline? Is, is that what we expect, what we should expect out of this? Or should we expect a movie to be a good movie? Or should we expect it to just be the fan service? Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I made jokes, but you and I love cinema. Mm-hmm. We've, I mean, we've dived deep into cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, we have backgrounds, we have education in it, we have worked in the industry. So I will say this, I've always wanted a film first. You do not have to service me. If you are inspired by this world and this character, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. That is the reason why, and I'm going to preface it with this. That is the reason why the Chris Nolan trilogy, uh, The Dark Knight mm-hmm. in particular, being one of the best comic book movies ever made. Because there are points in that where you forget you're watching a Batman movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, I, I was watching the film and I see the dude in the costume, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But I'm like, am I watching Heat? Mm-hmm. What am I watching here? You, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the Joker and the, and the whole nine, it's on another level. Yes, I think Marvel doesn't hide what it is that we're a comic movie and this mm-hmm. is what we're doing. And the one thing that this article said to me touches on that. Mm-hmm. It's very episodic. The mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very episodic. Mm-hmm. And you know that the stakes, so say for instance someone like me, who is a discerning adult, right. and I, I sure I could suspend disbelief mm-hmm. all day long, right? right. But the narrative of the film should be contained in a way that as a film viewer, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, at the edge of my seat, right. going, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, like when you're watching, you know, films like Vertigo, films like... Um, What's the one with Tom Hanks on the island? Uh, Castaway. Castaway, right? You're watching Castaway. You're like, is he going to live? Is he going to die here? How's he going to... You, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And I feel sometimes watching these films, I don't get that. I'm just waiting for the end to see what the next end credit scene is to get to the next film. Get to, right. To get to the next film. And they have become big budgeted mm-hmm. two hour television episodes yes. and I don't care what fans say that's a true statement that is a true statement it's a true statement and and it's funny because a lot of people that are fans of DC and the DC uh, extended universe 
uh, have said, oh, we kind of want to go back to the way DC was, which was standalone films. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be mad at that because they've made really good standalone films. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout all of our existence of watching these films, we understand what narrative is, especially when it comes to the sequel, right? Yep. This is where I kind of go, uh, I, I say foul to the point that he made in, a, in an article, right? The Godfather 2 is seen as probably one of the greatest films ever made. Yes. It's a sequel. It is, yep. If you didn't see the first one, mm -hmm. if you didn't see the first one, mm -hmm. you know, that might not be true because you can watch Godfather 2 and catch everything yeah. because it actually tells Vito's backstory. Okay, okay, but, uh, right. So, so, so that, that proves that point, even yeah. though I know where you were going with yeah. it. Yeah. But let me tell you this. Which, Please. I'm going to ask you this. Yes. Which movie did you have to see in order to understand what was happening in Black Panther? None. 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 That was a standalone movie yes. that referenced the other movies but still was able to stick in enough exposition and explanation so that you knew what was happening. You knew that T'Challa's dad had been murdered you know, yes. from the bomb, yes. right? They didn't dwell on it, but yeah. you, you understood that part of the story. Yes. And here's the other thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead because you brought, you brought it up. Okay. Um, but that ending is also, let me make sure that's the right one. Yes, but that ending is also a narrative cheap shot because it doesn't feel like an ending. It feels like the turning point of a movie that is about to enter its heroic final act, which in this case will instead be the sequel. Okay, the ground rules governing the film's superheroics are undefined and limitlessly malleable. Infinite powers means infinite dramatic possibilities and none of the limitations by which real lives and choices are constructed and compelled. That's why, for all the colossal CGI kinetics and pyrotechnics of the movie's massive battles and thudding fights, the stakes seem so low. Even the surprise deaths of beloved characters for all the momentary power to disturb feel cheap because the powers of superheroism, amped by the reversibility of time, thanks to the Time Stone, make no result seem conclusive, no death seem final. Absolutely. That was a 100% true pretentiously written but true paragraph it was very true like i'm sitting there i'm going listen i'm gonna do i said listen t'challa just had his first film mm -hmm. dr strange had his first film spider-man had his first film ladies and gentlemen they will be back they will be back like stop it exactly so I, where I, are the stakes i didn't feel that there was stakes. exactly i did not and i and i felt that reading this article you just want to defend what you love mm -hmm. and every single time you you paint yourself into a corner because of your fandom mm -hmm. because you already come in with this confirmation bias yes you know yes. like oh no that's not and it's like no it is true mm -hmm. like it is true absolutely and and there's some things that he got wrong in this yeah, there I mean, are a couple not, things that he got wrong yeah and i mean it, it's and it's okay my point with this discussion mostly number 1 is to say that it is okay for you to criticize the things that you're a fan of. You say this all the time. Abandon your fandom. Please. Because guess what you can do? You can demand a better product and then get a better product. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just accepting everything they throw at us. Yeah. Look at what, look at the, let me tell you something. Black Panther was so successful because number one, the African American community 
was so hype that they rallied around yeah. watching that movie. Yeah. Okay. But it was such a great movie that non-comic book fans went and enjoyed it. And people watched that thing two, three times. It, it's, listen, and it's still making money. It is number five. It is number five this weekend after 11 weeks making $4 million. Absolutely. 11 weeks it made $4 million. It is now at $684 million domestic, domestic because of that reason. I, when, when we went in, you, myself, uh, the Reggie Mathis, went to the film. Mm-hmm. We stopped people that were going out, yes. right? Yes, we did. Do you we remember were going to see Infinity War. Yeah. Going to see Infinity War. I remember that one white guy said, it was good, but I like Black Panther more. He said, he said Black Panther was still better. He said Black Panther is still better. And he was, listen, and he wanted that to be mm-hmm. his truth. Yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, um, Rafael Martinez has said to me uh, in private conversations, so I can out him. Uh, he said that, you know, I, my critique about the film that, what I had wanted to see mm-hmm. at Thanos and other films. He said, this was Thanos' movie, and I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. This wasn't Thanos' movie. Mm-hmm. If it was Thanos' movie, then why the hell are all the Avengers in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Why are all the Avengers in it? Yeah. And I felt like it could have been two acts, it could have been two halves mm-hmm. of this film, and I felt like exactly what I said in my review to mm-hmm. the trailer, I said Thanos will suck because they reduced him to the damn Infinity Gauntlet. Right. And that was right. true. Yep. And here's and let me say this really quickly. I just have this one spoiler that or whatever that that I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. In the books, Thanos walked around with his hands behind his back. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He could do anything with the snap of his fingers, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This guy was doing heavy labor still. Mm-hmm. He was. Rah, rah. He listen. Captain America was holding him off with impo- He had five of six stones. That was impossible. That would have been that would Cap couldn't do that if Thanos was just Thanos. If he was just Thanos, like like all of that stuff. If you wanted to see him with them hands and busting people ass, we should have seen that in another film yes. to go. God, this is what Thanos could do without the stones. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see him put his hands on the Hulk with no at the, at with no gauntlet at the end of Ragnarok, mm-hmm. like that whole scene. Two of those scenes in this film should have happened in other films. Yes. Young Gamora should have happened in uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. And putting hands on Hulk should have happened mm-hmm. at Ragnarok. Because yeah. we just seen him be this gladiator and he run into him and he's like, oh, interesting. And he just boom, boom, boom. Like, no, let him have his fun. With no gauntlet and he put in work. Right. He worked Hulk's ass yeah. with no stone. And then you like, oh, shit. So what happens when he when gets he gets the power? When he gets power, mm-hmm. then we move on into these films, and then we could have been like in awe of Thanos and how he had a total vision mm-hmm. because he's been showing it throughout these other films mm-hmm. that he believes in this balance. And I mm-hmm. think that critiques are critiques, man. Mm-hmm. And we just get mad when people have critiques. Yeah, you have someone saying something. Uh, yeah, I want to see what. Um so Philip Melton uh, the second says the MCU is intended to build upon itself, but there should still be an attempt to make a good movie, not necessarily a standalone movie. I, I understand what you're saying there, Philip, and, and you're right. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a standalone because they went into this saying we're not going to make simply standalones. We're going to be we're going to make a, a cohesive universe. Yes, and that was their choice. 
and that's fine, but you still can make a good movie with that. And you can make a self-contained film in a, in a interwoven, mm -hmm. connected universe. Right. You, you can, you know, Black Panther proved that. Um, what's another film that really proved how you can do in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I want to say Doctor Strange did because it moved away yes. from it and yes. didn't have all that. And you go, look, this is in this world mm -hmm. um, where it's just self-contained, you know. Uh, Civil but, War. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it's everybody's kind of involved. It was because it point. was so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, I, you know, critiques should be critiques. And get your, you know, get your feelings out of it because somebody critiqued your, mm -hmm. your fandom. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I, I think fa fans have been and will rage against this article and articles like this. And talk about how he has no clue because he probably hasn't watched any of the other movies. Or if but he I has, think that he has. If he has, he he's not a comic book fan. Maybe yeah. you know whatever they'll they'll say. And and to a point, it's true. It is. But I I think we need to ask the question: What is it that we're really looking for when our fandom makes it to the big screen? Okay, what are we looking for? Are we just looking for, are we just satisfied with just seeing our people up there? Because a lot of people, when, when they react to these Marvel movies, are just happy that they're seeing. Yes. But, but that's not true, because if it was, DC would be doing better. Because they're just putting people up on the screen. Ah. They're making horrible movies, right? Okay. But, but I know several DC fans, you as one of them. Yes. Uh, I've been I've been talking in depth with my girl Terry about uh, her you know comic books about Infinity yeah. War and she is in love with DC. She's like yeah. I'm a DC person. Yeah. But you guys hate Warner. You guys yeah. hate Zack Snyder. Hate them because they ruined your people. They ruined. So making a good movie is important. Yes. Having having and 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 it seems to me like Marvel has just done it better. So by default, people are gravitating towards them. And giving them the benefit of the doubt instead of holding them to a higher standard. Well, yeah, and I think that here's the problem, though, right? Mm -hmm. We're really holding them to their standard. They've set the bar. Mm -hmm. They've set yes, the bar. Absolutely. I think, like I said before, Chris Nolan is kind of like Pac and Biggie, mm -hmm. right? You really cannot compare Tupac versus Biggie. They're two right. completely yes. different artists. Oh, yes. To completely, Biggie is a capitalist. Pac is a activist. Mm -hmm. Just right just there, off, right, off just top. off top. He's an activist. He's a capitalist, mm -hmm. right? Yep. The person that you that's in the line of discussion for Biggie mm -hmm. would be Jay Z. They're both capitalists. Yes. They're both lyrical. Mm -hmm. That's who you can compare them to, right? Equally. Yeah. The next Biggie, person, Jay Z. Yes. The next person that you could probably talk to about that, mm -hmm. and especially, and dig this now, with the complexity of his rap persona would mm -hmm. be Nas. He's an activist. Okay. Yep. And he has conflicting interests mm -hmm. just like Tupac does. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So one minute you're uh, Nasty Nas, then you're Esco. Right. Then you, you know what I mean? Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Like, you, you're just like Pac. Pac was very conflicted. Yep. But because he's multi-layered, he's multi-dimensional. And I think that when you look at these comic book films, mm -hmm. it's hard to go, yeah, but compared to what? What are you right. comparing it to? Right. There are some films like The Crow, to me, that are still up here. Road to Perdition is still up here. Mm -hmm. But these films, for the most part, have been standalone films because they've never carried a, 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 a theme. Right. 
through several films. It's yeah. just, okay, let's make the next one. Let's make the next one. You mm -hmm. know, uh, Nolan is about the only one, uh, well, in the Tim Burton Batman films, he, he had a narrative in his sequels. Mm -hmm. uh, and truthfully, a lot of people don't know this, but those other films are supposed to be in the exact same canon. Mm-hmm. They're supposed right. to be in that. Can you go how? How, right? How? Yeah. <laughs> These are not the same movies, but they are. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just hard to compare Marvel to anyone else. Marvel's its own thing, and Marvel's made the most money. And so I know one thing about people whenever you start talking about comparison, mm -hmm. after the first two iterations of the conversation, it immediately goes, well, so and so made more money. Well, they paid, though. And then that's all that matters because right. for most discussions, it's all about finances. If it has made this money, then it must be better. Right. The masses are paying for it, right. so it must be better. Right. And I love the Fast and the Furious franchise, but let me tell you something. Those are not well written. These are all action schlock. Yes, schlock, absolutely. It's, you're going to see stuff blow up. You're yeah. going to see a car. Crazy stunts. Crazy stunts and all the mixed uh, non- what? I'm just talking about I'm the people just you just, comments. Know, you just, just don't going. know who they are. Like, what is their nationality? They're mm. just trying to appeal to everybody. So, great mm -hmm. analogy, Pac and Big. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. I like that, man. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about this. You got anything else? No, I think um, I think I have uh, expressed myself. Um, I, I I did enjoy the movie. I, I did enjoy the, yeah. um, the, the Infinity War movie, but it was definitely not close to being as good as Black Panther. No. No, no, that it's pocket big. Yeah. It's pocket big. It's pocket big. It's, it's literally. It's big in Ja Rule. Okay. I want to read Larry <laughs> Banks. What up, Larry? What up, Larry? Uh, Larry has a great comment. Thanos is like the dad your mom warns you about <laughs> when you mess up and he comes home and whoops your ass. Mm -hmm. Like, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Let On me say note. this. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week for the Sunday edition. Make sure that you like. Uh, us on here, Facebook, and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow our various accounts over all the uh, platforms such as Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can find us at FCN underscore prime and then one through five uh, everywhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for taking part with us in the discussion and all your comments. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so much. And we'll see you later on tonight. Yeah. We're going to have a, a man cave. Yeah, we got a man cave version to speak on it. Yeah, uh, bros yeah. only. So Nikita's not going to be able to make it. Good. So, yeah. Good. Get that lady out of here. <laughs> it's going to be... So yeah, I'll be on with Mr. Stacy Majors. Please. Yeah, we don't we, talk oh, about... Oh, man. Talk about what's inside this right here in the guy's head. What's happening? Oh, most of it's happening down here. What's well, happening? Well, most of it is we'll talk about that on the show. All right, then. See y'all later. Thank you for joining the Sunday edition. I'm The Revolution. J. Cole. All right. Good night. <laughs>